Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody. I'm good old JR Jim Ross. His Slavernocker audio is on the air, fresh off the grill. Or as they say in the wrestling minutes, the Grizzle. The Grizzle is hot. We got a lot of stuff for you today, including, I guess I've been wanting to get on here since we came to Westwood One. Uh, Bully Ray, Bully Ray Dudley, Bubba Dudley. I'm probably going to butcher his name about 30 times when we speak here in a little while. Co host of Bust Open Radio. Uh, just a, does a terrific job of, as a wrestling entrepreneur. As uh, you hear him Monday through Friday, or four days a week, I think he said, uh, he is on on uh, uh, Busted Open Channel 93, Sirius XM, with my friend Dave LaGreca. And then when Bully's not there, uh, another Hall of Famer, Mark Henry's on the show. So uh, we'll talk about his experience in radio. We'll talk to Bully Ray. How did he get the name Bully Ray? Why did he change his name after so much name identity? We'll find that out. And what his influences were on getting that name, because it kind of relaunched his career in a, in a, in a large sense. So, uh, again, we thank you guys for subscribing for free to our program on Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or however you may listen to your Slobberknocker audio. And uh, we also appreciate you leaving us that five-star rating that we always talk about. But right now, kids, without any further ado, we're rolling this baby today now. I'm all jacked up here on Diet Mountain Dew. Here's what's on my mind. Man, I got to tell you, I'm going to start off the program here with uh, what a wonderful time Jerry Lawler and I had in Cleveland this past weekend. Uh, both of us arrived on Thursday. Uh, Jerry with his fiance Lauren, his son Kevin, and Peyton the Prince on Instagram. You should follow the bastard. That's a, he's not a bastard. He's a nice kid. At Peyton the Prince on Instagram. He might, he might pee pee his pants like uh, Drake Maverick. And, well, maybe not. Uh, but we had a great time. We uh, had big media day on Friday. Uh, the radio stations are wonderful. I was on, uh, on, the, on Rover, WMMS, uh, 92.3 The Fan, and Cleveland Browns Daily on ESPN Cleveland, uh, the NBC affiliate on uh, Friday night, a Facebook interview, uh, just a Don- on Donovan Live, a TV show. 
just had a wonderful time, and I can't thank these folks enough. We went out on Friday to the Browns training camp, and uh, it was absolutely uh, the most memorable, pleasant day after doing all that media during the day. Uh, it was such a joy, and I, I had a great time. I can't thank all those guys enough. General Manager John Dorsey, who actually attended a few of the OU games toward the end of the season. So when I met John Dorsey, the general manager, and we shook hands, the first thing out of my mouth was, leave our damn coach alone. I thinking of Lincoln Riley because everybody wants Lincoln Riley to go to the NFL, and, and the Browns got a quarterback that loves Lincoln Riley. And uh, Lincoln will have a job at the NFL someday if he wants it, but I don't think that's anytime soon. I think he loves being the head man of a, of a big-time college program, and he's doing a phenomenal job. I pray that uh, Lincoln Riley is our coach at OU for many years to come. But, man, uh, you know, the just had a great time. Uh, Brad Mellon, the equipment manager, gave me some brown swag. I can only I got home with that brown swag, and uh, I looked at it. He gave me a pair of shoes. Now, guess what color these Nikes are? They're the orangest orange shoes I have ever seen in my damn life. I could put them on and go pick up trash on the side of the road like a DUI offender. I, I, and I had a r- rule. And my wife knew it when she's buying furniture, pillows, or blankets, or whatever. Nothing orange. Nothing orange at all in my home. Nothing. Well, that changed Sunday night. As the king would say, one can't grieve forever. So I have orange Nike shoes in my closet that I will wear. And when somebody says, Jerry, what the hell? Those are OSU colors, Oklahoma State. Uh, And uh, great alma mater, Jerry Briscoe, and his brother Jack. Uh, I'll say no, and they're not burn orange for God's sakes. Uh, they are orange, and they're they're Baker shoes. So when you say Baker in in Oklahoma, all you're good. And I can tell you something, folks. I've been around a lot of phen- athletic phenomenons in various cities, and working with WWE over the years. The guys Austins and and Rocks and all these dudes, these, you know, Cena. Uh, Baker Mayfield is a phenomenon. Baker Mayfield is the king of Cleveland. And so somebody said to me, uh, well, JR is the voice of wrestling. And I said, well, that's kind of like being the skinniest kid at fat camp. But Baker Mayfield is the king of Cleveland. I think it means a lot. So uh, had so much fun there with everybody. Went to dinner at uh, Cleveland Chop, nice restaurant if you're ever in Cleveland, with uh, Bill Rosinski and his wife, Jane. They were there just on a – Jane's a Cleveland girl, so she was there to watch the Browns play, and then they were flying the next day to Seattle. No, that night, they were on the same flight with them, as a matter of fact. We left after the game, we flew to Dallas, and I went to Oklahoma City. They went to Seattle to watch the Monday night football game there. But it's just so much fun, folks. Uh, it's really good to be around the sports-minded, athletic people. Uh, athletic, you know, Jason Cole of uh, Browns Radio is treating me like a king. Their engineer, uh, David Spano, was so much fun. I follow him on Twitter now. Uh, and I was in the radio booth watching the game with our producer, Raphael, and uh, watched uh, Jim Donovan work uh, on play-by-play. And uh, he's really something. He's really, really good. He's old school, storyteller, has passion, and it's real. I loved it. At halftime, I was, I was uh, having a bunless hot dog, you know, a carb thing, keto, all that good stuff. Hey, look, kids, keto. Uh, I uh, ran into my old friend, Mark Slareth. It uh, makes a great you know, stink. Stink was on the ESPN for years. He's now doing some work for Fox. My, and I met he uh, saw him again and met uh, also Chris Carter, NFL Hall of Famer. 
It's funny how these guys used to watch wrestling. And that's my hook up to them. They listen to my work and the Lawler's work all those years on Monday nights. It's really rewarding, quite frankly. It was just a fun weekend in Cleveland. The Browns won the game. They beat the Carolina and Cam Newton. Cam Newton's shoulder is shot. I can tell you, he ain't got no juice. He's got to throw everything off speed because he ain't got no fastball right now that I can see. Uh, but in, in any event, 26 to 20 was the game. Uh, again, 92.3, the fan was wonderful to us. Uh, they're just a really good people. Great. The the station of the Browns are really cool. So I made friends, more friends, and that's what life's about. And I appreciate every moment of it. And also, by the way, we had a great crowd at the hilarity show. We had our first ejection. Somebody got overserved and had to go. More on that in a few minutes because that person may be on the borderline of being pet coon goofy. But the uh, we recorded our show uh, in in uh, on Saturday in Cleveland, and that we're gonna that's gonna be our holiday show. So you get to hear kind of how these shows are put together, and the stories we tell, and how and the flow and the feel of them, and also hear the the Q and A's. So I'm looking forward to hearing that myself. So uh, I'll keep you posted on that next week. And by the way, next week Jim Cornette's going to be joining us. So that'll be that's always a blast. Great week in Cleveland. Thanks to everybody that uh, supported us there. I can't wait to get back. And I am going to wear my orange shoes around Norman. And if anybody don't like it, I'm just going to say one word. Baker. The bakery. They play football there. Uh, I want to congratulate the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Monday Sports Illustrated named the reigning NBA champs. Their 2018 Sports Person, <clears throat> Person of the Year honoree. Uh, SI.com says that three titles in four years undeniably stamps them as a dynasty, the likes of which we might not see again amid the relentless churn of pro sports. Meaning, in other words, what they're trying to tell you is that the churn of pro sports is players chasing the dollar. Remember, when they say it's not about the money, it's all together now, all about the money. But congratulations uh, to the that organization. They do a lot of good things. It's very well run, ownership strong, uh, and I'm glad they got Kevin Durant there because uh, he lied to us about staying in Oklahoma City, uh, but that's okay because what goes around comes around. And hell, but next year KD will be playing with LeBron in in the in the LA. That's an isn't that almost a no brainer? I think so. Hearing nothing but great things about John Cena's feature film, uh, Bumblebee, Transformers Bumblebee. Uh, it's a part of that Transformers franchise, obviously. It comes out to the general public on Friday, December 21. Uh, really cool family film. Uh, John has done a tremendous amount of promotion for it, and he has really found himself in that world. Uh, I'm so proud of him. He's a. I don't think I ever signed anybody our team ever signed anybody that was as relentless with their work ethic as John Cena. And as the years went on, that work ethic was unrelenting. It never slowed down. He was, he's as dedicated now to the things he's involved in as he could, could be physically or mentally could be. I I believe that. So check it out folks. Uh, and John, by the way, is going to be back on raw, uh, on Monday, January 7th. It'll be very interesting how he's positioned on that show. It's been kind of aligned lately, creatively. They need a hero on that show really, really bad. 
that's a, that is quote unquote over, an over star. And they got a lot of guys on Raw right now. They're trying to be stars, and some of them will achieve that goal. But they, it's got to be a, a combined effort of a lot of people to make that happen. As I mentioned the other day, I, I did the interview with uh, Justin Barrasso of SI.com, and he asked me what I would look at, what I would book as the main event on in November or December for WrestleMania. And I said, well, you know, the, there's the men are not over the top over uh the the women meaning ronda rousey and becky lynch and charlotte are the closest thing to being really over that would fit in that close the show slot today that doesn't mean it's going to be that way come wrestlemania but right now as the lay of the land you can argue all you want and you can say well but seth rollins is really good it has nothing to do with somebody being really good he is really good he's better than really good he's great Seth Rollins is a great wrestler. And when the company makes a firm commitment to get behind him at every turn in the road so they've got their next Cena on site, uh, then we'll see uh, Seth continue to go up the ladder and, and finally reside in that promised land of, of legitimate WrestleMania-level year-in, year-out main eventers. That's a whole team effort as i said earlier so uh, uh cena coming back is going to be a big help to everybody he's going to get the rub is good uh and we'll see how john is utilized creatively and you know he's going to be in great shape uh but his presence is, sur- is sorely needed right now you know we talk about a lot of things on the road when uh, rafael morphy and i were in cleveland our attention turned to uh, showtime i'm a huge huge fan of Ray Donovan. Many of you know that, follow the show, and big time. And uh, I don't think I've ever missed an episode. It's on my DVR list. It's always it's always recorded. But right after that show uh, is Escape at Danny Mora. And the star of that, in my opinion, is several great performances there, but uh, Benicio Del Toro is scary good. And it's a real-life uh, depiction of an upstate New York prison break where two prisoners were aided by a female prison worker and then the subsequent manhunt from a few – this happened a few years ago. True story. Uh, the lady uh, uh, apparently started a romance, a prison romance with a couple of prisoners, and she helped them escape. And uh, it's really well done. It's, a, it's just a really gritty – and it's real. It's based in truth. How's that song about wrestling? It's gritty. It's based in truth. It's plausible because it is based in truth. So uh, the presentation is really, really good. So it's something to check out on TV. So Sunday nights on Showtime. We are recording this broadcast, certainly an award winner, uh, on Tuesday. We normally record on Wednesday and then Producer Ted gets after it there in San Diego, and he has a show out on, on Wednesdays. Our show will always come out on Wednesdays right now. It's our plan. But we're recording it on Tuesday, so I don't know the results of, of SmackDown or anything that's happening on SmackDown that was monumental to talk about. I can tell you it's really easy to talk about Raw. Uh, the TLC match with Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins was the highlight of the show. Past that, I'm sorry. He lost me a couple of places, and I couldn't get hooked back up. No, my signal didn't go out. I saw it. It just didn't resonate. 
So, uh, but I'll, I'll talk to Bubba about that too. We both have strong opinions, and that's all they are. Look, I watch Raw every week. I am a very loyal, loyal fan, a viewer. And I'm, I'm always going to be. I watch a lot of wrestling. Not just WWE. I watch a lot of wrestling. But I can tell you that uh, there's fundamental issues with uh, their, a lack of judgment or continuity. I'm not sure the last person to see those shows is, is paying attention to the degree that they were not going to let little things that seem like nothing, but they become something, disconnect the viewer from any type of emotional investment. That's what's happening. I mean, it's just last week. You can't have a turn. A wrestler goes from good guy to bad guy, good guy to bad guy. You can't have that on a weekly basis because all of a sudden, I don't know what you are. Are you fish or are you foul? And why do I find myself not caring about you? Because you're really good at what you do. Interesting. Interesting times. But the good thing about all that is that there, all those issues are easy to correct, in my opinion. So, uh, but Rollins and Corbin, big time talent. Rollins could be the guy there. But it's going to, again, take a, a combined effort, including by him, He's got to change some of his sequencing up. He's got to, you can't get lost in a in a routine. He's really athletic. He looks great. So, uh, but I don't feel the commitment that Rollins is our next guy. Are they just waiting for Roman Reigns to come back after he's kicked uh, leukemia's ass? Are they just waiting for Braun Strowman to get back in the picture? I don't know. That's a. I think the thing to do is give this guy the chance to be the guy. And if he can be beaten out of that spot because of ability and performance, so be it. Not just a, this guy looks a little bit more impressive than an 8 by 10 type thing. Hey, folks, don't forget that uh, the sale of Slavenocker, our book, makes great Christmas gifts. Uh, you can get them almost overnight, a uh, couple of days, seriously, from Amazon.com. Some bookstores still have them. Uh, it's doing great. Uh, we have some signed Slobberknocker hardcover books that Kenny McIntosh, the Vince McMahon of Europe, uh, has uh, with his company, Inside the Ropes. And you can uh, get yours by checking checking out the, the website, insidetheropes.co.uk. Insidetheropes.co.uk. The erstwhile Kenny McIntosh. And oh, I've been getting some pictures now on Twitter at JRSBVQ of our, our products at the Ingalls markets throughout the Southeast. You know, they're in six states, over 200 stores. If you're by a store, uh, by an Ingalls, you know, stop in and find my products. And, and, and not only should you buy some, because baby does need new shoes, you should take a picture of it and tweet it to me. I'd appreciate that. And, uh, boy, I tell you, those folks out there in that world are, you know, those English stores are, are just getting slammed because of the damn snow and the storms and the blizzards. I can just, hearts and thoughts are with you guys. Be careful. Be careful. You can always depend on Ingles to be there. No doubt about that. Uh, so uh, check that out. And also, uh, WWShop.com, I'm told, is having a hard time keeping our products in stock. Uh, barbecue sauces or jerky, uh, seasoning, uh, ketchup, mustard, 
www.shop.com is where to go for that. And they make great Christmas gifts as well. Things are good at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Ryan Barkin is uh, doing a phenomenal job there, this company. That's, a, that's an entrepreneur story. It's amazing. Check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross. They got a ton of shirts. I kind of get uh, childlike giddy when I go do a show like the King and I did Saturday in Cleveland, and people come in wearing your shirts. I know it's childlike. I'll tell you, I just admitted it. What do you mean to do now? Unfollow you? So uh, check those out and uh, good uh, good holiday stuff. Well, my Sooners have another Heisman Trophy winner. That's two years in a row that our quarterback has won the Heisman Trophy. Baker Mayfield last year, Kyler Murray this year. Uh, and as Steve Summers used to say on the overnights on WFAN, me here, you there. Second straight quarterback to win the Heisman. And that's never been done before in the annals of college football. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, since Bob Stoops' arrival in 1999, I met him soon thereafter. OU football has produced a national title, four Heisman Trophy winners, seven BCS appearances at playoffs. Playoffs? Nine Heisman finalists. Nine Heisman finalists. Twelve all Big 12 championships. 12 of those right babies. 20 straight bowl games, 44 first-team All-Americans, 81% winning percentage, 81% of the games, folks. That's pretty good. 87 NFL draft picks. And I can say I've contributed to this, 123 consecutive home sellouts. So uh, we have uh, a lot of our kids got the they won all American honors. A lot of those great offensive linemen, Coach Bill Biedenboe. Boy, they got they got a great offensive line. We're going to miss those dudes, but they're going to be making so much money in the NFL next year and years to come. It's going to be shocking. Next game, of course, is against Alabama. The Final Four commences on the twenty eighth of December. The Sooners play in the Orange Bowl. I've been having a little problems with my post concussion thing here. Uh, and so flying has not been kind to me. So seeming, seemingly when I get to my destination, I acquire a headache. And uh, uh, same thing this past week, get home from Cleveland. So I'm not going to go to Miami. It's hard to believe. Uh, if somebody wanted to come by my house and pick me up in a nice RV with a lovely staff, wink, wink, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying? I'll get boots you all lined up. <laughs> Tony Schiavone will go. He loves Bluetooth. And, uh, but I'm not going to go to the game. But I can promise you this. The national championship game the next week, my Sooners win, which I fully expect them to upset Alabama. I know. I know. I get it. 14.5-point underdog. You say, JR, it's not going to happen. Some idiot called the Feinbaum show the other day and said that Kyler Murray wouldn't even be on the fourth team at Alabama. How inbred is that dude? Come on. Good Lord. Are you that insecure? You got the greatest college football program in the land. You got the greatest coach in the land. You got the greatest team in the land. What more do you want? Eggs in your beer? Jeez, come on, man. So Alabama and Oklahoma uh, in the Orange Bowl, I'll be watching every second of it. I'll record it and watch it again when the game's over. If you're out late and Norman will drop by the house, you know I'll be up. Army defeated Navy in a game that doesn't get enough respect 
or attention except on the weekend off. That's kind of sad. Army almost beat Oklahoma's ass. They're, they're, they're a badass team. And I want to wish the University of North Texas, where my friend head coach Seth Luttrell at the helm, they're going to take on Utah State on Saturday in the New Mexico Bowl. They got a great young quarterback from eastern Oklahoma, near my where I grew up, named Mason Fine. They're well coached, and Seth is a going to be a big, big time coach sooner than later. And uh, even though a lot of folks thought he was going to get the K State job, it's not a job that he actively uh, went after. And anytime you hire a head coach and you restrict who he can bring in, and you got to keep so many incumbents and on the staff, uh, you know you're heading for trouble. So, but in, in any event, I'm pulling for these these dudes. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin's alma mater, as you guys may know. He's got a birthday coming up right around the corner. It's also the alma mater of Mean Joe Green. I wore number 75 in high school, and I always thought that, you know, that's kind of cool because that's what Mean Joe wore. Around the Wrestling Horn Kids, we should have music for that. That should be a whole new feature here. This is pretty exciting. Around the Wrestling Horn, or it's actually Round the Wrestling Horn. Uh, my friend Cowboy James Storm is going to challenge for the NWA title uh, versus Nick Aldis. Uh, tried and true pro wrestling NWA pop-up event Saturday, January five in Clarksville, Tennessee folks if you're in that area. You should go. They'll have a hell of a match. I have no idea who else is on the card. Don't know. That's enough for me. Uh, storm and all this will kick it, kick the ass. We'll go do some good stuff. Tickets, by the way, if you're in that area, you want to go, you're going to be there. Uh, tickets are at tried true pro dot simple ticks.com. Hey, I don't write this stuff. MLW's in Miami this week, the Scottish Rite Temple in downtown Miami, where they'd rather fight a man than love to a woman. I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. Ernie Ladd, not me. Thursday, December 13th, or Friday, December 14th, MLW's in town. Uh, and I think the uh, on Friday is their first live TV broadcast on BN Sports. All the information you need, kids, except Dan Bynum, my friend, the, the director in the truck, his home phone number. I'll be happy to give that to you on Facebook. I'm kidding. MLW.com. Check them out. They're making some noise. They're, they're getting better. They're building a brand. They have their own unique place they fit, their niche. So uh, uh, check them out. Uh, MLW.com and on BN Sports Live on Friday night. Access TV's WOW which is Women of Wrestling, uh, the only nationally televised all-female professional wrestling series, will debut on uh, this great network of Access TV, owned by my good friend Mark Cuban, on uh, J- Friday, January the 18th. And uh, before we have, uh, before they debut on uh, January 18th, we're, we're, uh, we're planning on having David McLean and Tessa Blanchard on our show. So uh, we'll find out all about that and and what the goals are. I think Jeannie Buss is also, now that's who I'd like to have on the show, the owner of the Lakers, who also owns a big part of this uh, women of wrestling. And I'd like to interview her in person, maybe at uh, Culver City. Who knows? Uh, it's just an idea. Plus, she's single and beautiful and rich. Not that matters. Just saying. Uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle, we're going to talk to Bubba Bully Ray, sorry, Bully. See, I told you I was going to screw it up. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Bully Ray 
this Friday night, they're on Hammerstein Ballroom. Then on Saturday in Philly at the 2300 Arena in South Philly. And uh, really a good show on Friday night. And we'll talk more with uh, Bully Ray about that coming up here in a few moments. Well, more big news out of Access TV. And let, let me say this right away at the very top of this uh, piece of business. I have not, as far as I'm concerned, broadcast my last match on Access TV. I'm unable to, to get back on their air until uh, past the end of March. But I am optimistic that I will somewhere along the way in 2019 rejoin the team in some capacity. So just throw that in there. Just saying. That's all. But the Access is going to uh, air on Friday, December 28, starting at 2 o'clock Eastern time on Access TV, uh, a 10-hour Kenny Omegathon. And uh, he talks about his journey. They set him down in the studios, I think, our hotel there in L.A. Got some really fresh material about his journey. And he's had a hell of a journey. And he's a very cerebral, unique dude. I've got a lot of respect for Kenny Omega. And on this 10-hour special, you're going to see three IWGP heavyweight title matches featuring Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. They are badass. They are right there in the same conversation of the three 1989 matches with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Same breath. Different presentation, different time. But those two series of threes will always hold up in the annals of pro wrestling. Okada, Omega, Flair, Steamboat. Trust me. Also, his uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 match versus Chris Jericho for the uh, IWGP U.S. heavyweight title. And his two recent IWGP title defenses at the G1 in San Francisco versus Cody and the King of Pro Wrestling, a three-way uh, featuring Omega, Cody, and Ibushi. So a lot of reasons to watch Access TV under normal circumstances. But this 10-hour Kenny Omega-thon, Friday, December 28th, 2 o'clock Eastern, set your DVRs, don't procrastinate get her done as larry the cable guy might say well i mentioned the ring of honor pay-per-view on friday night very intriguing matchup with the way it's playing out depending on where cody's going to go his next stop apparently from what you hear and he has not told me this i'm not asking it's probably not going to be ring of honor which puts the scenario uh, of the ring of honor title help you know jay lethal and cody are going to wrestle it's just an interesting dynamic. And under normal circumstances back in the old territory days when you didn't know, you didn't have social media, it's pretty obvious who would win. The guy staying wins. The guy leaving doesn't. But I'm not so sure that's going to happen on Friday night. That's why you should watch on the Fight app. And then on Sunday, it's TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. That's at the, uh, in San Jose, SAP Center. That's well, a great building, really great building this Sunday. On the WWE Network. Now, man, this is an all-star game. It is loaded. It is loaded. I don't know what you consider the the main event. Daniel Bryant defending defending his WWE title against AJ Styles. I'm loving this one, folks. I really am. The first ever women's TLC match in WWE history. Becky Lynch will defend her SmackDown women's title against Asuka, who I love and think she's been underutilized until just recently. And Charlotte Flair, who literally is becoming the Hulk Hogan of the women's division 
in WWE. So does that mean that Becky Lynch is the Roddy Piper of the women's division? Not a bad comparison. And yes, I know Becky is not Scottish. She's Irish. And Hot Rod was was Scottish. I get that, kids. I got 23 and me. I know all about this stuff. It's DNA stuff. It's good stuff. Ronda Rousey's going to defend against 300-pound Nia Jack. Boy, that's that's something. Then you got Ambrose, Rollins, Intercontinental title. They, should, they could steal the show. A lot of these things on who's going to steal the show and all this depends on where they're placed on the card and how much time they're able to be presented to tell their story and then telling their story. Well, if I'd had 20 minutes, we'd have had a great match. Oh, bullshit. Come on. I had 20 minutes. You had 18. Yeah, I know. I, didn't, I need two more minutes. No, you, you got to do a better job of planning. Maybe you shouldn't try to memorize all this stuff. Maybe you should feel the audience and give them what they pay to see. Interesting concept. So I'm going to be watching both those pay-per-views Friday. So if you look, all my buddies, you want to get a hold of me, I'll, I'll answer the phone on Friday night and Sunday night because I'll be home watching wrestling. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind and on my weekend agenda. So now that we've established the genealogy of Becky Lynch and Roddy Piper, God bless his soul, I want to tell you about 23andMe because this has really been a, a, a fun thing for me. Really, really fun. And I am excited about being involved with 23andMe as a sponsor on our program. Uh, it's named for the 23 pairs of chromosomes that make up our DNA. So uh, it's just amazing because it tells you so much about your history, your heritage, who you are, where generations of your family came from. It's amazing to be able to talk to my children and my grandchildren about grandpa's family. And they need to know these things. And I think this, the younger generation is so uh, used to getting information off their computer and the social media and all these things they're interested in these things and i just believe that you you're going to love it as well and so it's simple to do i mean you spit into a tube send it back in and in a few weeks you get all your stuff back uh, all your information so uh now through december 25 christmas day you get 30 percent off any 23 and me kit i'm telling you this i think it's a great gift idea i really think it's a great gift idea and especially for the older folks in your family are those of you that have younger children. We all want to know the story. Where did I come from? How did we get here? Where did our journey start? So you get 30% off 23andMe uh, if you order your kit at 23andMe.com slash JR. That's the number, 23andMe.com slash JR. Again, that's 23andMe.com slash JR. You're going to love this. Remember, everybody, if you haven't checked out Slavonocker, My Life in Wrestling, it's Amazon.com. Hardcover is available, the ebook, and the audio version, which I read myself, and I think you'll probably like that. It was challenging to do, but we got her done. And a lot of folks that have bought the audio book really like it. So Amazon.com is your spot there. And again, if you hustle, uh, you can get everything you want from them by Christmas time, as far as my book is concerned. Slavonocker of the Week is uh, interesting this week. It's very diverse, but it's football-centric in some ways and some music. Russell Westbrook 
is neither a musician or a football player, but he's doing a hell of a job with Oklahoma City. His, his role is evolving. Uh, it's not all about Russ. Not that it's his side, but he's got help. He's got a good team around him. That's what I mean. It's not all about Russ. And Paul George is amazing, and he's really fitting in well with the Thunder. So uh, those cats have done a great job. I'm going to their game on uh, New Year's Eve to play the Dallas uh, Mavericks in the in the peak in Oklahoma City. And I'll be there on courtside watching a game on New Year's Eve. Just a real nice way to bring in the new year and uh, stay out of jail. Uh, did you see the game uh, the Dolphins beat the Patriots on that double lateral walk-off television that exposed uh, Gronkowski as there's a reason he's playing offense, not defense, because he can't tackle? His tackling ability would get him a great place in the Big 12. But it was a, quite the win for the Dolphins over uh, Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. But paybacks can oftentimes be hell. They can oftentimes be hell. I thought that Tom Brady took it very well. Like, okay, go ahead and laugh. Have your fun. Season's not over. See you in the playoffs, if you're lucky. Uh, I'm told that 12-time Grammy winner Kendrick Lamar is once again topping the list of Grammy nominees. That was released on Friday. Eight more nominations. This guy's doing nothing but printing money. He's printing serious money, let me tell you. So congratulations to Kendrick Lamar, who, by the way, is a very talented artist, no doubt. Uh, Slogan Rock of the Week candidate certainly would be the Cleveland Browns because they treated me like a king and the king like a king. And they, uh, I enjoyed talking to Baker Mayfield on Saturday. I'm there on, on, excuse me, on Friday. I go to the camp and meet the, all the guys, you know, uh, all the equipment people and the coaches, the radio crew. And I did the Browns Daily radio show. All good. And uh, John Dorsey, the general manager, uh, said, have you seen Baker? And I said, no. I don't know if he was even here. He said, yeah, he's here. Come with me. So he takes me to the quarterback meeting room. So good old JR interrupts the quarterback meeting on uh, on Friday. And Baker turned, he, John says, Baker, got somebody here wants to say hello to you. And I'm sure that those quarterbacks are a little bit miffed because I'm interrupting their concentration. And until he turned around and saw it was me, then it's like, JR, what the F are you doing here? So I said, come to see you. So uh, he was uh, heard about our show. He's going to come to our show in Cleveland, but his mom and dad flew in about the same time. So he has some obligations there. Uh, he, but he said, are you going to the game? Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming Sunday. Oh, good. And they won 23 to 26 to 20. Love seeing old friends like that. Uh, certainly, the, I couldn't be, I'd be remiss to not mention Kyler Murray, won the Heisman. That's, that's certainly uh, that certainly gives you the 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 uh, cachet to be a Slobberknocker of the Week uh, nominee. But guess what? He didn't win it. And neither did Derrick Henry, who had an amazing night on Thursday night. Stiff-arming everybody that was in a different color shirt than him. A 99-yard touchdown. He was a 2015 Heisman Trophy. Where at? Alabama. Alabama. You know, I was on the phone the other day uh, texting uh, my friend Eli Gold, who's the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. What a class act he is. If you get a chance to listen to Alabama uh, and you can hear Eli's rendition and his narrative, check it out. He's about as good as it gets, I promise you. But this week's Slobber of the Week, folks, goes to my old friend, 
We lost another great one. Larry the Axe Hennig is a Slavon Rocker of the Week. I called him one time at a, at a function. He got a kick out of it. The Secretariat of Pro Wrestling. Now, here's the deal. Secretariat was a, you guys know, a thoroughbred racehorse, a stallion. Very, he was a sorrel. I mean, he was almost red. And Larry had a lot of red hair back in the day. And uh, he was bigger than most horses. Larry was bigger than most men. Hence, the Secretariat, because he uh, he had Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig out of his loins and uh, Joe Hennig uh, out, out there as well, his grandson. And I just love Larry. I really did. He's, he's, I don't heard anybody say a bad thing about Larry. And that's a small little group you can talk about that. Owen Hart was one that people didn't bitch and moan about. Uh, and Larry Hennig was another guy that just you never heard a bad thing about him. A really great talent and a fun man. He loved my barbecue sauce. I'd send him sauce uh, periodically. And every time I saw him, he'd say, he'd look at me like, where is it? What's going on? What are you talking about? The sauce. I need sauce. I'm out of sauce. I got 18 grandkids. He'd give me all these numbers. How many kids, grandkids, and neighbors he's got. He's always got to cook for. So I love Larry. He's a good man. The wrestling business lost another pioneer, another great statesman gone at 82 this past Thursday due to kidney failure. I love you, Larry, and I'm so honored I got to know you. Even though it was on our back nine, it was a pleasure. And please rest in peace. Well, it's time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for Pepkin and Goofy, the award that everybody doesn't want to win. because But the prizes are very unique. When we decide what the prizes are going to be, we'll let you know. But one thing that is not Pepkin Goofy is my affinity, my love affair with my Quip toothbrush. That is real. We're, we're joined at the at the gun. Look, when you think of a perfect gift for the holidays, right, you probably don't think of an electric toothbrush. I get it. But I got to tell you, the Quip electric toothbrush is one of the most gifted items of the season, and here's why. It's perfect for everyone with a mouth, and it's something that they'll use twice every day if they're smart and show some level of discipline. Come on, brush your teeth. Uh, I love mine. It goes, it's in my shaving kit. I have, I have a couple of them. I got one that I take on the road with me and I got another one I keep, I keep in my house. I love them, I'm seriously. I love Quip because it works. I expect less uh, emergency trips to the dentist because I use Quip. I really believe that. Uh, they have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews. That's a hell of a lot of positive feedback. We live in a society where nobody goes out of their way to provide a, a, a positive word if they don't have to. And they do it with Quip all the time because it works. It, it looks like a big-ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer price starting at just $25. 25 bucks. Go to getquip.com slash JR. Do it right now, folks, and you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. You're going to love it. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash JR. Okay. 
that raccoons are overdosing here. Ken Ford. Son of a bitch! Well, it is Pet Coon Goofy Award time, ladies and gentlemen. And there are a lot of really good uh, candidates this week for this very prestigious award. There's no doubt. I'll try to keep myself together and not be too emotional about going over this list because some of these people are just dumb as a box of rocks. Now, uh, first of all, a bah humbug goes to a, a Verizon Communications and any other major company that lays off thousands of employees during the holidays. I don't understand the logic. Oh, it's about business. It's about the bottom line. It's about our stock price. It's about the CEO's uh, a bonus, uh, all these things. They got to lay off people to get their balance sheet where they need it to be so they get their bonuses. I don't know. It's bah humbug to me for anybody that, sh- that lay- has massive layoffs during the month of December. And yes, you can say all you want because I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You hear me now? You hear me now? I can't hear you. I, I, I don't, I care about the families and there's no damn way you can slice it to where, uh, getting laid off during the holidays or as you're approaching coming into the holidays is a good thing. You should be able to plan better, plan better and not break people's hearts because they can't take care of their Christmas shopping. So, uh, I'm just, just beside me. I, I know it's all about business. I get it. But does, when, is, when does it become about people's feelings and their heart? It's a, it's a damn holidays, for goodness sakes. Come on. So uh, this comes on the heels of General Motors. So it's going to lay off tens of thousands of workers. Holiday time. What the, you people don't have a conscience? Yeah, I'll never go to work for Verizon or General Motors, but I don't give a damn. See there, the, the might. My texts don't care either. Ding there. Girls, what were you thinking? Boy, this almost got the this almost took the cake. Two longtime nuns. Sister Mary Margaret Cruper and Sister Lana Lang. No, not Superman's girlfriend or cousin. Sister Lana Lang of the at the St. James Catholic School in Torrance, California, have been accused of misappropriating at least a half a million dollars from tuition, fees, and donations given to the school. That's according to an investigation. The nuns allegedly used the funds on personal trips and gambling at the casinos. Hmm. Uh, What do you say? My wife, God bless her soul, was a devout Catholic lady. I have nothing against Catholic people whatsoever, but man, I gotta believe that they might want to take a little bit closer look at their uh, at their get their house in order. All these allegations with some of the, the priests, and now this. Somebody, somebody not looking. Somebody not paying attention. Let I me mean, tell you, who's paying attention. You all know who that is. Well, Google announced it would shutter social network service Google Plus in April 2019, which is four months ahead of schedule after they found out a second bug that affected 52.5 million people revealing the customer's private information to software developers. Here's a tip. Never give anybody your credit card information except for the one-time use of what you're purchasing then. Not on file or click here to keep this information. Save this information. Don't be a lazy ass and have your credit card just hanging out there. 
It makes no sense. And you're putting yourself in jeopardy. Don't do it. Uh, I mentioned earlier we had our first uh, ejection from a, one of our shows on Saturday or afternoon in Cleveland. A fan, I think, may have been overserved, or just maybe just Tecum Goofy all along. I don't know. We had a very nice voice, booming. We heard it a lot. But then uh, he faded into darkness to go walk it all. I hope he had a good time while he was there. But it was a little annoying. Uh, Raphael says, Ted, he's trying to hijack the show. That bastard. Hijack my show, by God. Uh, I saw this and it's troubling to me because I love him so much. Rick Flair saying he got cleared to take bumps in the ring by his doctor. That was on my friend Stone Cold's podcast. I don't think it's a very good idea. Now, here's the thing. In Nature's defense, he didn't say he was going to go take bumps. As long as he's affiliated with WWE, I cannot imagine any scenario that creatively they would want to utilize Ric Flair at his state of being coming off this deathbed and being on that back nine to take more bumps. For what reason? Because you know if he got in a position, he's got to take bumps. He's going to take the best ones, the, the most crisp, everything, because that's Rick. He's a perfectionist. He's the best ever laced boots, period. And I hope that uh, nobody takes him up on his doctor clearing him to take bumps. I love him. And there's just no sense in risking injury. Why take the risk? I saw something, uh, some fans walking all over themselves to get uh, video footage of Big Cass, who had a seizure. Uh, and I thought that was a little spooky. And they couldn't wait to get it on social media so they get credit for this, you know, exclusive footage. Sick. But the winner of the Pet Coon Goofy Award this week, ladies and gentlemen, is the politically correct Christmas song controversy, Baby, It's Cold Outside, the band. You have got to be kidding me. This is the most ridiculous thing. I understand political correctness and things. There are things that need to be governed. And there are certain things that need to be cleaned up to be more politically correct. But a Christmas song? Baby, it's cold outside being banned? Because they suggest that a tune's lyrics has a man using weather conditions as a manipulative way of getting a woman to stay overnight. Where in the hell does it say that? Oh, what, what this, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a suggested it's a, it's inferred in whose world you, Mr. Pervert. Uh, I know bully Ray, uh, sarcastic chimed in on Twitter saying that winter wonderland is demeaning to wrestlers because the lyric, you can do the job where you're in town implies that a wrestler who loses is a jobber. People in the wrestling business don't like for, don't like the term jobber a lot. I don't like it. It's kind of disrespectful to me. They say it's uh, you know, saying it's careless and insensitive to be a jobber. You know, come on. Billy Corgan, the rock and roll icon, NWA owner, he thinks it's ridiculous. You're you're serious now, baby? It's cold outside. Is is being banned on some holiday playlist on radio? Because you think it might be suggestive 
of a man trying to get a, a, a sleazy way of getting a woman to stay overnight. Just stop my pain. Put me out of my misery, will you? Baby, it's cold outside. Play on, and happy holidays. Your pet coon goofy. You know, I'm always excited to talk about this week in wrestling because producer Ted always gives us some really unique events, great stars, interesting booking, and those things. Uh, but they're so strenuous, folks, that I, I would not feel nearly as excited about doing this if I didn't get a good night's sleep. Seriously. I found out in my later life how important sleep is. Not just getting your six hours, your eight hours, your Vincent Man theory, you know, oh, LJR, sleep is our enemy. Okay. Sleep may be your enemy, it's not mine. But quality sleep is what you're looking for. As we travel around this week in wrestling, let me tell you that the ability to be healthy and happy and productive largely depends on getting a good night's sleep. It is that simple. Don't let anybody else overthink your world for you because most things that we deal with as adults, older adults, veterans, whatever, aren't that complex. So if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you got to try a purple mattress. It's that simple. And you're probably saying, well, JR, but JR, how is purple different from other mattresses? Well, first of all, the purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by, get this, an actual rocket scientist. I mean, that dude was smart. It's not like the memory foam that you may be used to. The purple material feels very, very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while you're still feeling really comfortable. And it's breathable. That means this, it sleeps cool. You want a risk-free trial? How about 100 nights? If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. Purple is backed by a 10-year warranty. Purple offers free shipping and returns. Purple offers in-home setup and old mattress removal. You're going to love Purple. Right now, in addition to all the free gifts Purple is offering site-wide, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. Just text JR to 474747. The only way to get your free pillow is to text JR to 474747. That's JR to 474747. You're going to love sleeping with purple. Message and data rates may apply. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! Well, it was 55 years ago, folks. December 15th, 1963. It was the death of the Japanese wrestling god, Ricky Dozan. He was the Japanese wrestling pioneer who died from complications of a stab wound suffered at a Tokyo nightclub at the hands of the Yakuza. Uh, Not people you want to be on the wrong side of. And as powerful, as popular, as beloved as Ricky Dozen was, and still is to the older fans, the historians, uh, he, he he couldn't avoid surviving 
in the world controlled by the Yakuza. He also established, as many of you know, the first Japanese wrestling promotion ever, ever in their country's history. Talk about having a franchise. That was called Japanese Pro Wrestling Alliance. That was created in 1953. And prior to Ricky Dozen's death, uh, he also trained future legends Antonio Inoki, Kentaro, and the giant Baba. So his legacy was amazing. You don't get on, you don't get on the wrong side of the Asian version of Tony Soprano. Just doesn't pay off. 33 years ago, at a live New Japan uh, event in Sendai, Japan, the team of Kimura and Fujinami defeated the team of Inoki and Sakaguchi in the tournament final to become the first ever IWGP Tag Team Champions. They had a long reign. And uh, by the way, the current IWGP Tag Team Champions uh, are the Gorillas of Destiny, the two sons of Haku, Tanmatanga, and Tonga Loa. They're really, really good. So check them out anytime you get a chance. They're, they're, they're a badass, athletic, physical team. My kind of duo, I can promise you. 30 years ago, December 13th, 1988, UIC Pavilion, Chicago. Huge show there, the first ever AWA pay-per-view event, and the only one they, they did. Uh, in the main event, my man Jerry the King Lawler was the AWA champion. He defeated Kerry Von Erich, and, uh, who was the former, formerly known as the world-class champion, WCWA. If you keep all those, those, those initials together, you're a better man than me, Gunga Dan. In a title unification match, Lawler wins it. He's also later award a, awarded a third title belt by the USWA, making him the unified world champion. Jerry told me over the weekend that he's won more pro wrestling championships than anybody alive. It's almost like some number right below 200. Pretty impressive. Nice tenure, right? And some days, remember kids, the most powerful weapon in wrestling is not the power driver. No, it's not brass knucks. It's not even sledgehammer. It's the eraser on the end of the Booker's pencil. 28 years ago, Keel Auditorium, St. Louis, that's a, make it uh, December 13th, 1990, uh, NWA Starcade featured the Pat O'Connor Memorial International Cup. Uh, I remember this event. I think I was working at ringside for that baby. And uh, the Pat O'Connor Memorial International Cup tournament uh, saw the Steiner brothers defeat the team of the great Muda and Mr. Saito in the tournament final. That was a real good match, too, as I recall. This was a dandy. Lex Luger defeated then-champion Stan Hansen in a Texas Lariat match for the NWA United States Heavyweight title. To say that Stan Hansen ran roughshod in that match would be an understatement. To say that he, quote-unquote, laid it in on Lex with that bull rope would be another understatement. And when you're sitting at ringside, mere feet away where you can put your hands from your seat on the ring apron you could hear all of it you could hear all of it and you heard some things you didn't want to hear it was painful and then the main event the then champion sting uh, defeated the black scorpion in a steel cage match i remember Ole anderson those promos from the sound booth sting <laughs> hey during the process of this the black the, the black scorpion there were many weeks we had no idea who the Black Scorpion was going to be. 
And if Ole had the idea for the blow-off, he wasn't talking. And so we, no one knew exactly where the Black Scorpion storyline was going. Well, it went to St. Louis on December 13, 1990, and uh, the Scorpion was revealed to be Ric Flair in disguise. And I think, I'm not sure, I think my friend Dennis Brent, who I worked with for Cowboy, then he worked in Atlanta, and he worked in WWE. Check him out on Facebook and Twitter. Dennis Brent, good friend. And I think he still, I think he has that mask. I think Rick gave him the mask because Rick didn't want to see the damn thing anymore the rest of his life. Sting. <laughs> oh, God, what a business. 20 years ago, Rogers Arena, Vancouver, B.C. WWF rock bottom in your house. This is an interesting deal because nobody saw this coming, I don't think. A mankind defeated the rock by knockout, essentially. The Rock passed out due to the mandible claw submission uh, in the WWF World Heavyweight title match. Mr. McMahon then subsequently declared the title would not change hands because The Rock did not submit. And uh, that was also the night that Austin defeated The Undertaker in a buried alive match, thus earning a spot in the 1999 Royal Rumble. Austin had that back hole. He loaded the arena and used it to bury The Undertaker. Unfortunately, I was not on site for that event. I uh, was still healing from my second bout of Bell's palsy that occurred the week prior at the Capital Carnage pay-per-view in the UK. But I did watch the show without a doubt. 19 years ago, National Car Rental Center in Sunrise, Florida, another building I'd like to play. It's a good good town, good market. Uh, Armageddon, 99. Uh, Miss Kitty won a the WWE Women's title in a Four Corners evening gown match. <laughs> oh, Lordy. What a crew. And, you know, I talk about Ivory and Jackie, Miss Jackie and Ivory, two Hall of Famers. Uh, they were in that match with B.B. and uh, and Miss Kitty. B.B. and Miss Kitty, uh, Stacey Carter, were not trained wrestlers. But because Ivory and, Miss, and, and Jackie Moore were so damn good, so professional, uh, they took care of the other girls. That's a big thing for a locker room. And that was also the night that some of you young dudes reached for the Kleenex when Miss Kitty exposed her puppies on live television. Uh, for fellow uh, Westwood One podcaster Chris Jericho earned the WWE Intercontinental title that night, defeating China by submission. Ugh. Intergender matches stop my pain. That was insanity. Completely breaks any sort of theater of the mind and suspended disbelief there is. Not knocking Joni. I had spent a lot of hours with Joni trying to help her as she was exiting her, moving her way out of WWE. But she was always a pleasure to work with. But uh, she should not have been wrestling men, in my opinion. Sorry. Uh, in the main event, Triple H defeated Vince McMahon. They, they went down there 30 minutes. A no host ward match. Uh, Stephanie gave Triple H the sledgehammer, which he used against Vince for the victory. And uh, that was considered the dawn of the McMahon-Helmsley era in WWF. And finally, on This Week in Wrestling, uh, 10 years ago, December 14, 2008, uh, it was the HSBC Arena in Buffalo, New York. Home of the Anchor Bar, uh, DePaulo's Restaurant, 
and a lot of great memories for OJR in Buffalo, New York. Uh, matter of fact, that's my friend uh, Bill Rosinski's hometown, Buffalo. It was Armageddon at 08. It was an eight Diva Santa's little helper tag team match. <laughs> Whoa, boy. That time's changed. Listen to these, uh, these teams. See how they see how the skill levels are matched up. Who's who's there to keep the rudder in the water? You had one team featuring the beautiful Kelly Kelly. Who I saw at Russellcade. God, she still looks wonderful. Uh, Maria Canellis, who's back in WWE. Michelle McCool, who's married to the Undertaker, and the never aging, wonderful future Hall of Famer Mickey James. That was one team. And the other team that they faced, Jillian Hall. I saw her to I think I saw her to Russell Kate as well. She looked great. Maurice, now married to the Miz. Natalia, who was involved in that silly uh, issue involving her father and storyline on Raw, which I thought was a waste of time. It was the wrong kind of heat. It took me down a road of revisiting that whole Jim Neidhart situation, uh, Jimmy dying pre- early, way before his time. I just thought it was a very uh, uh, unfortunate way to try to get heat on a villain. So Natalia was in that match and Victoria. So between Natty and Victoria, uh, you know, they took good care of Jillian and Maurice. Then you had uh, Mickey James and Michelle McCool, who did a good job of helping Maria and Kelly Kelly, good teamwork. That's what I'm trying to say. But the main event that night was really, uh, I thought, was so memorable to me. Because, again, you get on the journey of these guys when you sign them, and you, you, you take it with them, and you kind of live vicariously through them. Uh, Jeff Hardy defeated the then-champion Edge and Triple H in a triple threat match to win the WWE Championship. It was Jeff's first and only WWE title reign. Title reign. Uh, but that was a big night, you know, uh, I can't, I said something that night that people still talk about. I get, you know, from some enigma, something, I don't remember what it was, but some of you guys remember, remind me what it was on Twitter at JR's BBQ, big night for the Hardys and really proud of Jeff still am. And let's look at the birthdays. Got some birthdays to bust, bust through here on uh, Wednesday as this show drops every Wednesday, as you know, uh, uh, Old Blue Eyes would have his 103rd birthday. Frank Sinatra. Man, my mom liked Frank Sinatra. And Dean Martin. Uh, the former host of CBS's The Price is Right, an advocate for having your dogs fade neutered, Bob Barker, 95. I first did the Family Feud. Ray Combs was the host. And he said... Uh, he had a name for all of Bob's girls, and there were a lot of Bob's girls, and he was 70-something. Bob was healthy, and he's still kicking at 95. We're proud to you, brother. Fellow NW Hall of Famer, the late Jose Lothario, would have been 84. He passed away just uh, on November the 6th. Good man. Trained Shawn Michaels, among others. A real good man. And a guy that uh, we dubbed the world's most dangerous ring announcer. I'm not so sure... I was involved in that dubbing, but I'm not so sure how that originated. Gary can tell us sometime. We'll get him on the show. But Gary Capetta on Wednesday is 66. We were the same age. Uh, Two-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, the Ultimo Dragon, 
really talented dude, 52. And uh, the winner of the Ring of Honor Sea of Honor Tournament aboard Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, Flip Gordon, 27 years old, on Wednesday. And he has a date for a belated birthday party with Bubba Dudley, Bully Ray, whatever name you want to call him, in an I Quit match on Friday night on pay-per-view. Ring of Honor. On Thursday, this is a cool deal, three-time NWA World Light Heavyweight Champion, the late, great Leroy McGurk, the man that got me started in the wrestling business alongside Cowboy Bill Watts, would have been 108. Golly. I learned a lot from Leroy. A lot of good things and bad things. Like somebody talked about uh, the Dynamite Kid. He's arguably one of the greatest wrestlers ever, ever, ever. And the people that knew him real well said he was a miserable human being. I don't know that, but I've heard a lot of people say that. Uh, but I learned a lot from Leroy. Good and bad. All a great experience at the end of the day. Three-time Emmy winner for the Dick Van Dyke Show. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dick Van Dyke. I started the Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, 93 years old. 93. Former league gar- guitarist of the Amboy Dukes and the Damn Yankees, Ted Nugent. He can be a little eccentric. I like Ted Nugent before he got all crazy on the politics. Uh, four-time Mid-South North American champion. Who's going to beat that dog? Who's going to beat that dog? Nobody's going to beat that dog. The late, great junkyard dog, Sylvester Ritter, would also have been 66 today. Shared my birthday. Not the date, but the age. Uh, this is pretty good. The winner of the best personal hygiene slammy back in 1997. You know who that was, kids? Hurry, Google it. Gotcha. Boris Zukov. He'd be 60 years old on Thursday. And a big Michael Elgin over there in the New Japan world, 32. Still a young buck. He, Michael lost a lot of weight. and fruit his game. He needed that step back, that quickness step back. He got it. On Friday, uh, one half the Kangaroos, Al Costello would have been 99. Great team, too, boy. Uh, former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion Roger Kirby is 79 on Friday. Uh, on Saturday, the son of Black Jack Mulligan, a younger brother of Hall of Famer Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, with 51, that's hard to believe, four-time WWE Tag Champion and one of Pat Patterson's favorites from the duo of Law Resistance, Rene Dupree, only 35. Wow. Where's he been? And Pro Bowl cornerback for the Redskins, who have had their pro- problems lately, Josh Norman, on 31. Good player, though. On Sunday, uh, Dr. Jerry Graham would, would uh, you know, is just one of the greatest of all time in, in performing uh, as a heel. Just a colorful guy with 97. And uh, big timer. He influenced a lot of, a lot of people. And then uh, WWE Hall of Famer uh, William the Refrigerated Perry will be 56 on, on Sunday. He's in the celebrity wing, you know, wink, wink. You know where that is, right, kids? Yeah, sure. Uh, former WWE SmackDown Tag Champion as part of the Bludgeon Brothers, Luke Harper, is 39. Where has he been? He's been hurt, right? Uh, on Monday, birthdays include uh, the pontiff of the Catholic Church. Pope Francis will be 82. They're talking about those nuns there in California. He's got some work to do, too, among other problems. Chuck Liddell, 49 years old on Monday, great USC fighter, Hall of Famer. Uh, the only boxer in boxing history to win titles at eight different weight classes. 
How in the hell did that work? Manny Pacquiao, 40 years old on Monday. Happy birthday, Manny. Uh, Eugene, Nick Dinsmore, one of my favorite people in the wrestling business. And boy, did he marry a beautiful woman. You little rascal, you, Eugene, up there in the Dakotas. He was 43 years old on Monday. Happy birthday, buddy. And uh, finally, on Tuesday, uh, the late Sputnik Monroe would have been 90. He's the guy that really broke through and, and led uh, the inter- integration of pro wrestling in, in Memphis and, and other cities in the South. Sputnik knew one thing. He had nothing against black people, but he knew one thing. Everybody's money was green, and that's what he wanted, and he wanted to be fair. Keith Richards is 75. I thought I was getting old. Jeez, I got a lot. I got some good time left. Guitarist of Rolling Stone, Keith Richards, 75 years old. Three-time Academy Award-winning director, Steven Spielberg, is 72 and still going strong. Uh, Brad Pitt, native Oklahoman, 55 on, on Tuesday. Uh, and looky here. Look what's here. Also on the 18th, some of my favorite folks, Trish Status, be 43 on Monday. Wish her happy birthday on Twitter. She'd love that. My man, Rob Van Dam, will be 48 on Monday. One of the best ever. And then finally, to wrap up the birthdays here this week, WWE Hall of Famer, good friend. Talk to him just probably once every week or two. The Rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin will be 54 years old on Tuesday. If you want to wish Steve Austin a happy birthday, give me a hell yeah. And remember, guys, come on by because old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Remember that you can email me uh, to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Suggestions, guest ideas, your feedback, things you like, things you don't like. Uh, Producer Ted and I love to hear from you guys. We care about what you think because this show is not going to work without your support. You're telling other people about our show. So uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is the address. This is from Jim, the English teacher. Now, when I first saw this, I said, oh, he's going to get me about my vocabulary or my use of the, my butchering of the English language. A couple of quickies for the man, the black hat. Under different circumstances, would Dolph Ziggler be the man? Is he the victim of timing? Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you, yeah, to some, some degree, there's no reason that Dolph Ziggler could not be the man based on his look, his athleticism, his skill level, his dependability or anything else. It's a timing thing. And sometimes there's not an exact explanation, Jim, the English teacher for, uh, for these situations. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you want him on any roster you got. If I was involved in a wrestling company and had a chance to have Dolph Ziggler on my team, why wouldn't you? Right. And, uh, Hey, you want me to do the Ernie Ladd thing? You know, Bundy, you're stealing money, Bundy. You're stealing man's money. I said that to Bundy. He's next to me at the, at WrestleCade a couple weeks ago. He did not think it was funny. He still pissed at Ernie Ladd to the point that I don't think he would pee on Ernie. If Ernie was on fire. That's a quote. From King Kong Bundy, King Kong Tonnage, you're stealing the money from the man. Uh, but nonetheless, thanks, Jim, the English teacher. Jamie Mickles' iPhone says, Hello, JR, from a fellow Okie and NSU alum. That's Northeastern State University in Tahlequah. Uh, I've been a fan since 84 during the Magnum TA Mr. Wrestling 2 
teacher student angle and feud, which to this day is still my favorite storyline of all time. I can tell you the story that, that real quick is that Bill is going to make it just the reverse. He's going to make the pretty young guy as the heel and the, the legendary masked man, Mr. Rusty Two, the, the baby face. We were talking about it in a, in a, in a creative meeting. He said, what do you think? I said, I think that we got the roles reversed because every woman loves Magnum TA. Their boyfriends even like him because he's a tough guy. He's got a great body. He can wrestle. He can fight. They believe in him. Where uh, wrestling too doesn't like to sign autographs. He doesn't like to interact with the public. He's not a fan favorite in that respect. So they changed the roles and it worked. Lucky, right? Sometimes it's paying attention. Uh, also, Jamie Mickle's iPhone won't know if I'm going to do any more MMA. That's possible. I'm probably going to do a lot of things that I haven't been doing uh, come spring. And I'm looking for opportunities of all kinds. I'd like to do some more boxing. I'd like to do some football. I'd like to do some MMA. But I'm never going to deviate too far from my, from my wrestling roots. That'd be stupid. Again, you can email us at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Evan White in West Palm Beach says, Hey, JR. I want to start by saying how appreciative I am for you and your podcast each and every week. It continues to bring a smile to my face. And I've even gotten my wife into resting through listening to your podcast. There you go, Evan. I like it. Uh, he finds himself waiting anxiously for producer Ted to kick out this show every Wednesday. My question for you is, you said in the past that a baby face is hard to quote unquote get over in today's environment due partially to the defiant male audience. Do you think that a significant contributing factor is that a large portion of the audience is tired of a PG product and would like a more edgy, cool baby face that wasn't so toned down? I said this before, and it may not resonate with everybody. The difference in TV 14 and PG is so minor. There's not the subtleties, unless you're just going to off the wall and become, you know, really, really TV 14 and R-rated like back in the day, which is not commensurate for a lot of growth. And uh, it's not good for children. Men, parents aren't going to let their kids watch. That makes no sense. So you're not building any new fans because of that. But the difference is the stars. The stars. Stone Cold, The Rock, all these cats, they'd be just as successful. John Cena and PG as they would be in in, uh, in uh, the Attitude Era, in my opinion. So I think it's all about the presentation, but the skill level, the talent level has got to be increased. I'm not big on the cool baby face thing. If it's organic, I'm okay with it. But if you're trying to be cool, you generally ain't. And finally, uh, Adam from El Paso. Howdy, JR. I can't think of a more qualified individual to ask this question. Uh oh, here we go now. You've got a tremendous tenure in the business of pro wrestling and have uh, lived the ups and downs of its popularity cycles. Do the cycles in popularity follow along with the U.S economic cycles i.e booms versus bust ups and downs seems as the economy booms so does pro wrestling pro wrestling is about one thing here adam it's about uh getting creating new stars and that just not mean like i talked about uh, seth rollins earlier great star there's no reason he shouldn't be the guy but if you're going to be the guy you got to have a full commitment from every aspect that contributes to being the creating a guy Everything, graphics, creative, music, attire, uh, you know, tweaking your game plan a little bit. 
So uh, I, I don't I don't think it has a big thing with the economy. Now I know I can tell you that the economy uh, bottoming out in the oil region of Oklahoma and Texas, Louisiana and so forth, back in the day really hurt the hell out of the mid south business. We had the best TV ratings we'd ever had, but people could not afford uh, because the unemployment was so high. People were more worried about paying their grocery bill and their rent and so forth. They're going to watch wrestling. They watch TV. They didn't have the money to go to the house shows. And it it, it really uh, adversely affected everything. So in that case, you're right. But I think more than anything, uh, the pro wrestling business is not unlike the USC. It's not unlike the NFL. It's not like a, a major uh, movie studio. It's all about creating new stars that people cannot get enough of and that they will make an emotional investment uh, to see that star perform. And that's the switch from Mailbag. So remember, uh, get back at us, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com, if you choose. You know, I'm very conflicted here today, ladies and gentlemen, because I really like this guy, but I don't know what to call him. Should I call him Bully Ray, Bubba Ray, Ray Ray, or at Bully Ray, 5150 on Twitter? But today, all probably all over the road, nonetheless, Bully Ray is here. Hey, thanks, man, for joining me. Well, thank you, JR. And uh, you are the guy that signed Bubba Ray to his first WWE deal, but I am the guy that invented Bully Ray. But being that you are who you are, you can call me whatever the hell you want. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> uh, I'll do my best to, to call you Bully Ray in current times. I'm dated enough, you know. I'm, uh, if you read the uh, read the social media from time to time, a lot of us guys, especially in my age group, on the proverbial back nine of life are always perceived to be, or seemingly always perceived to be, behind the times. It's passed us by. So I'll try to stay up with the times and call you by your new name. I think you do a pretty damn good job on social media keeping up with the times. You're, you're very current and uh, great insight into everything going on these days. I was telling one of the guys, uh, thank you, I was telling one of my guys here today in the studio that, you know, uh, Bully's a smart guy. He's an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirited guy. And he's a really a good marketer. Uh, because your use of Twitter, as I mentioned earlier, folks, if you don't follow Bully Ray 5150 on Twitter, you're missing out. And why wouldn't you? It's free, for God's sakes. Uh, so, but he's a, you have stayed within your demo. You know where your audience is. You know what they want. And you in various forms now, you're providing that. You guys got a school, two schools, one in Florida, one in Connecticut. We'll talk about that momentarily. You're doing radio on Busted Open, which I listen to virtually every day. I'm near radio uh, on uh, Channel 93 with D- Dave LaGreca. And Mark Henry's on there, and there's a cast, Tommy Dreamer. Do you guys have to weigh in? <laughs> Billing in at half a ton. <laughs> That's the old battle royal line, right? Yep. Over, you know, over 10,000 pounds of pounding flesh. You've never seen me, Dreamer, and Mark Henry in the studio at one time, and there's a reason for that. We just don't fit. Yeah, I <laughs> got you. But what I'm saying is that you made a career out of this crazy business, and now, even though you're not wrestling as often as you used to, you are still making a living and marketing yourself, your products, and your wisdom, your skills to the wrestling fan. I applaud you for that, sir. Well, I appreciate that, JR. Um, I, I took a look at the wrestling business a long time ago, and I said, uh, I'm going to try to give the, one, the, the wrestling business the one thing I feel it's lacking, and that is a true heel. 
not just a bad guy, not just generic bad guy A, who is here to just, you know, take the fall or make the baby face look good, a real old school heel, a heel that you can appreciate, a heel that all of the old school wrestling fans can appreciate, and a heel that modern day younger wrestling fans can appreciate. Bully Ray is probably heel 101. I didn't reinvent the wheel when it came to this character. I just took what has worked for so many people back in the day, and I just applied myself to it. So when, as far as an on-screen uh, you know, personality is concerned, I, I, be- I truly believe when it comes to heels that, that Bully Ray is the, is the last of the Mohicans, the last one of its kind. I could probably uh, agree with that, quite frankly. Good talents. WWE is loaded with really strong bell-to-bell talents. Fundamentally sound. Uh, you know, they do all the things physically right, seemingly. I don't think they do them in the right sequence sometimes. Sometimes, why do you just do that? That made no sense. Well, he just had a great bump. He's not selling nothing. It's 30 seconds later. That ain't good. They lose the, they're losing the audience on a variety of things, including... Uh, uh, not enough continuity on the creative. Some things are done. It's like I Monday night, uh, bully. They, they, Monday night they have they get two managers that might be good someday. Uh, Leo Rush. I got I like Leo because he, he you know he's going to be able to take a great ass whipping. I don't want to see him get his ass whipped or touched for months and months and months. Well, so much of that theory. The other guy, Drake Maverick. He is a very polished guy. It's just too damn bad he's not six three or four. He'd be making a ton of money, but he's a really a, he's got a, he's got a something. He's got a something. All of a sudden, he's winning and losing tag titles. That, I, I, you lost me. Why do we have three men in a tag title match and one's the manager and there's no angle other than pissing on somebody's uh, robe? I don't get it. I, I think it just goes back to too much entertainment and not enough sport. And, and I agree with you, especially when it comes to Drake Maverick. I, I remember the first time I uh, saw him uh, in TNA. My exact words to Jeremy Borash, who now works uh, down in NXT, was, that kid has it. And you're right. If he was 6'4", 250, he would be a gazillionaire by now. But I agree with you. There, there, there are so many things that don't make sense. And, and when I watch, I try to watch as the professional, but I also try to watch as the fan because then I have to talk about it on Busted Open. And the things that, you know, that, that don't make sense, I find often are insulting my intelligence. And I'm wondering if other people feel that way. Does, does a 13-year-old in Sheboygan, Wisconsin really know if their in- intelligence is being insulted? No. But the 40-year-old uh, man in New York, Philadelphia, and Chicago knows that it is. However, when the WWE looks at its numbers, JR, I think everything points in a positive direction for them. So why should they change their product? A good point. And the, and the bank accounts are good. Uh, they're profitable. The stock is healthy. This, I think, is just a, a creative thing. And I think that a lot of the, the, the issues regarding uh, the negativity being shoveled on WWE, especially for Raw, because, you know, honestly, I, 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 I bleed that brand. You know, I was on that show for years and years and years. And I take a lot of pride in saying that. I don't like where it is. I don't like how it sounds. I don't like the continuity. There's a lot of things I do like about it. But uh, the, those, a lot of those issues, I believe, are subtleties 
that they they're not paying attention to detail. And uh, again, you know, in the old theory, you wouldn't blow the heat off or, or get the, your managers both involved on the same night. You'd you'd roll that thing out for a while and, get, and make it mean something. I remember when Cornette first got into a match in, in the NWA or Mid South. It drew a ton of money because he was he had been untouched and he had a ton of heat. One of the things that I have a hard time with, and this is not only with the WWE, this is with any wrestling company, but since we're talking about Raw and it's the, the easiest thing to talk about it because we're so programmed. It's a flagship. It's yeah, a flagship it, for the it, business. It, we're so programmed to be in front of our television sets at 8 o'clock on Monday nights. What, what I'm not a huge fan of is that we open the book at 8 o'clock and then we close the book at 11 why can't we have episodic television, much like soap operas have been doing for 30, 40 years, where you have to tune in next week to see what happened? But I guess it has to do with the attention spans of people. Everybody's attention spans are so short that they're going to give you the best three hours that they possibly can. They're going to get in, get on, get off, get out, and get to the next town and give you the next show. I like, I like my wrestling to have storytelling. I like character development, and that's one of the things that I pride myself on and what I'm able to do with Ring of Honor, even when I'm working on Busted Open, to help bring the, the wrestling fan closer and help them enjoy it more from a storytelling point of view. I just think there are a lot of little fixes that can be made that would, would increase the positive perception of the flagship show. And not unlike it was in the 80s, when WWF got hot, or WWF got hot with Hogan, that trickled down to the territories that were, were run, run correctly. I worked in one that was run correctly by Bill Watts, who was a genius, in that Eddie Graham school, that same level of intellect. And, and, you know, I was very, very lucky to be there when I was at that age, wanting this yearning to learn more, sponging everything up. Now, I didn't do so much for my two marriages because I was a workaholic son of a gun. I'd rather be working or be on the road making 25 bucks or even sometimes getting paid in hot dogs than being more worried about my home life. And that's, that's on me. But that was the way it was. So I'm just lucky Watts was there to teach me some good stuff that carried me on the rest of the journey. But, man, I'll, I'll tell you, the, uh, the, 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 when, as good, when Raw does well, it seems like everything kind of picks up a little bit. There's more of an awareness uh, or there's a feeling of, you know, positiveness. But, you know, something – it's a, it's the it's the benchmark, man. It's it's what it's all about, and maybe I'm overlooking because or saying that because I was on it at one time. Now I'm egocentrically uh, a prisoner to the to the brand. Hell, I don't know. Well, you know, we're sitting here talking about you know raw maybe dropping the ball sometimes or being lackluster. Uh, to take it to you know take this on a positive note, uh, they're doing quite the opposite on SmackDown. SmackDown, yeah. I'm, I'm more invested in the characters there. I'm more invested in the story. I'm more invested in the actual wrestling matches that are taking place. As a tag team guy, I have the Bar, the Usos, uh, and the New Day, three teams with tremendous chemistry, you know, duking it out for those tag team titles. I have Becky Lynch and Charlotte there doing probably some of the best work in the company right now. So, it's 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 crazy. It, it, it's night and day between the two brands. And despite the fact that SmackDown to me is the better show and over the course of history ha has had times when it has definitively been the better show, it's still always labeled as the B show. 
you know, maybe only a theory here, uh, but maybe much like uh, coaching, you know, right now is the time of the year where college, some colleges are, are, are hiring new coaches and it's inevitable that will also happen in the NFL in the next few weeks, a plethora of uh, coaching jobs I'm sure are going to be open normally is because nobody's got any patience anymore. You know, they gave Chip Kelly three years in, in Philadelphia, and two of those years he won 10 games. He still gets fired before the season's over the third season. You never know. So I'm wondering this. You brought the, a great point. SmackDown is a better show to watch. It ain't all about that two hours versus three-hour stuff, folks. That has a play in it, no doubt. I'm not stupid. I look stupid, but I'm not stupid. The issue is uh, I might think of this. I might say, well, Here's the writing contingent on SmackDown. They're doing a pretty damn good job because they're writing a better show than our flagship show is in the eyes of many. Why don't we take and, and change creative uh, voices? Why don't we take a couple of these good writers off of SmackDown, not, not, take the, not, not clean out the cabinets, but get some of that influence or that same feel, that same theory on Raw? I don't, but I haven't heard of anything like that. That's any changes are pending or anything. I don't. I don't talk to anybody, so I don't know. Yeah, that but like that'd be an easy fix. But Jr., if you did shake things up and you and you, you shook things up creatively, at the end of the process, you still have the f- the same final filter, and that's right. Vince. Right. And yeah. and he'll and he'll be the first one to tell you that the buck stops and you know uh, you know with him. So uh, you hear stories that. You know, Vince is at Raw, but he might not be at SmackDown. Well, he, he's been at SmackDown plenty of times when we've gotten great SmackDowns. Am I to believe that Vince is at SmackDown, but his hands are off the product? We both know that's not no, true that's because impossible. he has his hands on everything. At the end of the day, this billion-dollar company is still a mom-and-pop fruit stand. It's run, <laughs> you know, it, it's run by mom, dad, you know, uh, you know, uh, sister, brother, brother-in-law. It's a family business, and, and they have their hands all over it. So it, it's kind of hard, especially in the past month, to, you know, figure out why. Well, how come Raw is really not entertaining me, but SmackDown is? So I, I think that's a question that guys like, listen. I've been in the business 30 years, and I'm not quite sure. And you've been in the business for 40-some-odd years, and you're not sure. And, and you right. were there. You worked side-by-side side with Vince, and you don't even have a crystal-clear answer. So who knows? I, I was joined to the hip for many, many years, as we know. And, and I, hey, look, I, I look at those as uh, privileged times. I, the, the knowledge I got about the wrestling business after working for Cowboy, working with Dusty, and when Dusty was really at this most uh, – uh, prime peak of booking, the horseman stuff, the starcades, all those things, and then working for Vince, man, I got, I got these multiple PhDs here, so I'm very blessed that I get to work with these guys, especially the VKM. Uh, I just think that maybe when the XFL really gets started in earnest and and they're serious about it, and they hired a great staff, they continue to hire good people. I hear that through the football grapevine a lot. They have a different respect. People are p- football people are looking at the XFL not like it's a joke. Well, they now they're doing this. They got this guy to do that, and this guy to do this. I might I'm I might I could see them having a chance to play off season football. But Ben, I'll tell you, uh I think when the XFL comes, he's gonna spend so much time with the new toy, the new venture. It's his venture too, by the way. It's uh his company, his new company. So uh I I, I think maybe 
there may be a transition coming in 2019 that sees him more involved in the football and maybe a little bit less involved in the in the wrestling creative. Maybe and if and if and if that is to be, which very very you know very well could be, that makes guys like Triple H and Road Dog the final filters. And I have no problem with those two guys being the final filters. I can believe with that. Absolutely. You know, I, I think Hunter's doing a tremendous job with NXT. I know the mind that Road Dog has, and in my opinion, it, Road Dog is the most val- valuable asset to WWE creative right now. You got guys like Michael Hayes there. The, you know, the, the, there's an abundance of good wrestling minds there who who book wrestling and are creative in a wrestling way the way we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um so if Vince were to go take care of his XFL, you know, duties, because it is his baby, God bless him, because I think that'll be great for the XFL. I also think it'll be great for both brands. Yeah, I think it's a win-win, uh, quite frankly. Uh, but make no mistake, folks, he's the, he is the Mac Daddy, and he is the guy that uh, stir, the straw that stirs the proverbial drink, without a doubt. I was curious about this. You mentioned earlier when, on the when you reinvented – Went from uh, Bubba Ray to Bully Ray, and he, th- he said, I, "I want to go back to the to back into the day and pick out some, some heels that I I could I, I, that impressed me or, or was influenced by." Who are some of those heels from that generation that you can look back on that that influenced what you do now as Bully Ray? I think the two guys that were most influential, but in an indirect way, were Freddie Blassie and Terry Funk. And and the reason why is I believe that a true heel should never elicit the emotion of joy. There should be no happiness surrounding a heel. There should be there should be no emotion that can be you know uh, happy, uh, excited, joyful. I should never smile when watching a heel. And when Blassie and Funk were working, I don't think that they did anything that made you smile. Now, obviously, over the years, Funk became so entertaining. But Terry Funk is probably one of the greatest heels of all time. So I'm going to ask you, would you, would you agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. He's, oh. <laughs> he's hands down one of the most talented professionals I ever saw work or I work with, without a doubt. As a, as a performer, I watch those guys and I'm like, man, everybody hates them. There's nobody in the arena cheering for them. And that's what a heel's job is to do. Nobody should be cheering for me when they're out there. If I'm out in the middle of the ring and I see people cheering me, I'm, I'm pissed off at myself. I'm not working hard enough. Whether there's 10 people or 100,000 people out there, if I am the heel that I'm supposed to be, nobody should be cheering me. And I don't want to be the entertaining guy. I want pure hatred, JR, because the more you hate me, the more you're going to love the other guy. Yep. And, and I'm, not one of those, I'm not one of those performers that wants to be the heel just because the other guy is the baby face. When it comes to a, a fan's emotions... I want to have full control and command of their emotions, meaning I want you to hate me more than you love him. Because if you hate me more than you love him, that will force you to love him. And that's the business. That's the business. The heroes. It's built around the heroes, but without the villains, good luck. It just doesn't work. Uh, Do you see 
uh, and a quick one here. Do you see that the audience, the composition of the audience, and the society that we live in uh, of defiance and individual individualism? Do you think that that's uh, affecting how characters are defined and supported in pro wrestling? And i.e., this, it seems to me like it's very difficult to make a a tra- traditional baby faces might not get over nowadays. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, WWE's got some great talents, as I mentioned earlier. They got some really outstanding baby faces. They can do like Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I really do. He's trained hard. He's worked through injuries. He's always there. But for some reason, until the rocket ship is firmly placed behind him on a weekly basis, he's never going to get to the top of the mountain and reside there. And reside there. So I, I just think that the it's a challenging situation to get a baby face over. At the same time, unless somebody is cerebral like you and are thinking about what the hell they're doing on their job, then it's it's equally as challenging to have someone be hated because people have so much information, they, they, they're thinking about what they know behind the scenes, and that supersedes what I'm seeing in front of my very eyes, if that makes any damn sense. It's true, JR, but you know damn well that you never get to go to the top of the mountain or stay at the top of the mountain unless you're chosen to be at the top of the mountain. And that's not the way it was. One of your best friends in the wrestling business and in real life is a guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was told to never talk. (laughs) What would have happened if he would have never grabbed that microphone and said, Austin 316 means I just whooped your ass. Now, back then, it worked. Now, if you're not told to say something like that, how can you ever get to the top of the mountain? So you bring up a a great um, example in Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has done it all and can do it all. But how come Seth Rollins is not at Cena level? How come he's not at rock level? How come he's not at Austin level? Bingo. Hello. It's because I don't think they will ever allow people to get to that level again. Wow. That's interesting. Why do you say that? Okay. Uh, The WWE just went to Saudi Arabia, right? John Cena told Vince, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia. Is that correct? That's what I heard, yeah. Okay. Do you think Vince McMahon likes to be told no? <laughs> we both know the answer to that one. Correct. So if you take the three biggest stars over the past 20-some-odd years, would you say Cena, Rock, and Austin would be the three biggest ones? I would say that's a good place to start. Absolutely. Okay. So those three guys, in their own way, could do what they wanted to do without Vince's approval. Listen, Steve was able to walk out and still come back and have a job. Much you, you helped out a lot, but not a lot of people get to walk out and come back in the next day. Mm-hmm. Rocky was able to go on and become the biggest star in Hollywood. And John, my God, he just won the Muhammad Ali Award. He's granted more wishes than anybody on the planet. I mean, he walks on water when it comes to the WWE. And he was able to tell Vince, I'm not doing something. I don't think they're ever going to let anybody get to that level again where they have control or say. And I learned a very important lesson from Vince McMahon one day, JR, that he taught me one-on-one. I don't remember the arena that we in, but we were in a hallway. And he said, Bubba, it's very rare that the boys have leverage on me. But when they do have leverage on me, and they don't use it, 
shame on them. <laughs> what a lesson to learn from Vince McMahon. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I apply that lesson to what's going on in, in the world of WWE today. They're creating their stars. They're letting their stars get as, as big as they possibly want them to be. But then there's a, there's a ceiling. And I think Roman is at the top of that ceiling. I think Ronda is at the top of that ceiling. I think Charlotte is at the top of that ceiling. I'm not quite sure who will ever get past that. Interesting. Interesting analogy. Uh, another interesting development. Now, this weekend, you're working for Ring of Honor. Uh, how's that experience been? And, and I know you got an I Quit match against uh, Flip Gordon. Folks, you can see that on pay-per-view. There's various ways to catch the pay-per-view this weekend, this Friday night. I, I go to fight, F-I-T-E, because I helped launch that little brand, and I believe it's doing good stuff. Uh, and I have an interest, so there you go, uh, full disclosure. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, what do you tell, what can you tell me about this match this week? And if, if somebody hears this show and they say, well, I haven't seen uh, bully wrestle in a while. I think I'll check it out. Why should they watch this match in particular? Eight months of cohesive storytelling will come to a head at final battle. If you like your pro wrestling episodic, good storytelling, good character development, good versus evil, and a final match that will take place um, in a ring that has nothing to do with actual wrestling, but more to do with a fight where the, where the loser will have to basically tap out, say I quit, and admit that he's not man enough to stand toe-to-toe yeah. with the other. That's why you should watch this match and this pay-per-view. There you go. I, I thoroughly believe in Ring of Honor. And when I left the WWE, uh, listen, JR, I had options that a lot of people do not know about. I could have stayed in the WWE and continued to do the Dudley thing, which I was completely burnt out on. And we came so close, so close to doing Bully Ray. We were 48 hours away from doing Bully Ray. I could have went back to Impact, but I was banging my head up against the wall f- that I was even considering their astronomical financial offer because I knew I couldn't go back and top what I had done there before. And then there was Ring of Honor. And the reason I chose Ring of Honor is because Ring of Honor reminded me of ECW. Hmm. And like you say, you're on the back nine of your career. Well, maybe I'm on the back nine of mine, but if I'm on the back nine of mine, I'm going to go out the same way I came in, telling stories and Doing pro wrestling and sports entertainment the way I was taught to do it from day one in a way that emotionally invests the fans and in a place that I can do it and tell my stories and help other guys get over. So that's uh, Friday Night Kids. Uh, check it out on the Fight app. Uh, Ring of Honor. It's, got a, it's going to be a hell of a show. It's, it's a loaded show. It's really good. I can tell you that. And then also on Sunday, I want to get your quick opinion on this because the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys, they invented TLC, tables, ladders, and chairs. They were the first two. Uh, I told somebody else today talking about this show that I don't think that, that those two matches will ever be surpassed. And that if I were a WWE person and was going to have a TLC match, I would thoroughly study what they believe worked and what they believe may not have worked in those first two for you guys. Explain to me as quickly as you can how hard it is to get six guys on the same page working with inanimate objects. 
it is very, very difficult. And I'll go back to a word I used earlier, and that's chemistry. You know damn well it's hard enough to get four guys on the same page when it comes to tag team wrestling. Not everybody can be the rock and roll in the midnight. But to get six guys on the same page, all thinking exactly alike, knowing where each other are every minute of the, you know, the match goes by. And then to work with the tables, the ladders and chairs, it's very, very difficult. And I'm proud to say, and I'm happy to hear you say it, that our first two TLCs, the first one at SummerSlam in 2000 and then at WrestleMania uh, 17, which is considered the greatest WrestleMania of all time, TLC 2, they've never been topped. However... I said this on Busted Open um, a couple of weeks ago. I was hoping that they were going to put The Bar, The New Day, and The Usos in a TLC match for the tag team titles. Because I believe that if any three teams had the opportunity of equaling or surpassing what us, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian were able to do, it's those three teams because I've worked with all three of those teams and they have chemistry. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, the, that's the, the highest praise I can pay, pay to those three teams. That's good. That's, and that's, that's high praise, no doubt about that. Do you think that uh, if you're a booker or you're, you're, you're the agent or whatever on a match and that match happens to be a TLC match, wouldn't you encourage your participants to watch TLC 1 and 2? Uh, I can tell you that a lot of wrestlers have, have come to me or you know any of the other guys and have told us we actually got together and watched uh, whether it was TLC 1 or TLC 2 and tried to borrow or get inspiration from. So a lot of guys have admitted it. Um, I think it is the bar that was set early early on for what this match is supposed to be and i implore anybody that who is going to take part in a tlc match the number one thing is psychology we know we're going to have the crash and burn spot we know we're going to have the gratuitous violence but make sure those crash and burn spots and that gratuitous violence makes sense the idea is to win the idea is to climb the ladder and grab the belts that's job one. Everything else that happens around it uh, is, is the icing on the cake. So psychology, mm-hmm. psychology, psychology. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I still am in awe of that performance in both those situations, even though my original payoff that Vince and I agreed on on that, on that one. <laughs> it that, was a little was, soft. <laughs> yeah. A little light, a little, what happened to your hand there? It's, a, it's like a, I, paid off, I gave the X-Pac a payoff one time for a pay-per-view, and he says, He's in, you know, he comes up to me and he says uh, something along these lines like, uh, hey, uh, don't get paid by the goddamn pound. <laughs> <laughs> he was the smallest guy in the match, which wasn't unusual in WWE. Uh, so we, we, we took care of him. But that was a good story. You know, I had a folks, I had a little meeting with uh, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian and the Hardys. And guess who this spokesperson was? <laughs> He's on the radio right now with me. <laughs> but see, here, this is the funny part of the story, JR. When you tell it, you kind of get it a little backwards. I wasn't the spokesperson. We, we, we decided early on before we came in with you that I wasn't going to be the spokesperson because I would probably come on a little too strong. So it was Matt and Edge who did the talking. Yeah. But when they were trying to say that we weren't exactly happy with the payoff, you said... So you boys thought the payoff was a little soft. 
And that's when I said, no, JR, it feels like you kicked us in the balls. <laughs> yeah. Well, that made me feel good. That's what you want. You want your guys, you, you sign these guys, these contracts, and you want to help them improve their quality of life and give them a break, you know? And then they do they do great work, and then you kick them in the balls. I, that was so diametrically opposed to who I am. It's not even funny. But the good news is, through communication and not confrontation, I tell you this all the time. You're going to get to McMahon's heart. You got to get to McMahon's heart by communicating and conversing, not confronting. Big, big problem. And you guys did not confront me. You you made your presence felt, and you and you just your facial expressions. I knew you're you weren't happy. But I think we made it at the end of the day, maybe a week later, everybody was made whole, right? Absolutely. Everybody was happy at the end of the day. And I'm glad and I'm glad that we came and we spoke to you. And I'm glad that you were open minded because even though you gave us the extra money up front, I'm sure you took it off the back end. <laughs> the, yeah, the ring the ring crew had no Christmas. <laughs> hey man, uh, good luck this weekend. Bubba's at uh Bully Ray fifty one fifty on Twitter. Uh, check out the 3D uh, Wrestling Academy, folks, the Team 3D Academy in uh, Kissimmee, Florida, in Danbury, Connecticut, next to the Mint. I don't know where it is, but it's cool. Uh, <laughs> and I, I also follow your, your better half on Twitter. You should mention her, too, because I know, she, I know who the boss is around there. <laughs> the I'm lovely Velvet Sky, yes. Yes. It ain't you, baby. I did pretty it, good it, for it, myself, huh, JR? You really did, man. I'm proud of you. It must be those. It must be those massive calves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember, I used to bullshit you about your calves all the time. <laughs> but what, get in the gym. My God, look at your calves. Triple up yep. to nothing. Yep. So uh, I appreciate you. I love you, buddy. You're one of my guys uh, from the old days. Sign the old days, and it's amazing to see what a lot of you guys have done with your lives and how you're stable financially and you're you're somewhat sane. It's, uh, it's a real blessing for me to interact with these guys like you so uh, keep up the good work buddy and if there's anything i can ever do for you like, like always just let me know i appreciate you jr thank you very much for uh, having me on again and i love you too buddy okay thanks Bubba. i can't thank you guys enough uh, for rating subscribing and apple podcast google podcast stitcher tune in spotify Sassy. Uh, spotify where'd that come from what's wrong with me or wherever you get your podcast and sometimes I like to occur these podcasts as the Slobber Knocker Audio. But only one person is going to really bring you Slobber Knocker Audio. You know that. Even though we got an outstanding roster here to Westwood One. You know, producer Ted also produces the Education Podcast. And by the way, folks, Tim Saban's got our back. He, he made Howard Stern a star. Howard Stern would have been nothing without Tim Saban. Nothing. Uh, we had this goal about these uh, five-star ratings. I want to get to 1750 by uh, the end of the year. We're coming down the hunt, folks. We're coming down the stretch. We're burning daylight. I need 140 of you to give us a five-star rating. Takes you about two minutes. Sox fan 630 says, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time, love the podcast. Kenny Pester says, love the podcast. I've been listening for a few weeks now. The content and format is excellent. Great to hear the voice of professional wrestling giving his take on the business. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, the Josh CLT. Is that Charlotte? The Josh CLT says, good old JR, always a midweek slobber knocker that I look forward to. We appreciate that, Josh, wherever you may be. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show this week. Again, we appreciate all the, the interaction 
the Jim Ross report at gmail.com is that email address. If you care to give us any feedback or guest suggestions, you know, I'm on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Uh, great show today with uh, Bully Ray. You know, he's done such a, such a great job of using his skills, his, his entrepreneurial skills, his product knowledge of, of wrestling uh, to contribute to his livelihood in a variety of ways. 3D Wrestling Academy, two locations, you know that. Kissimmee, Florida, and uh, Danbury, Connecticut, near the Mint. And uh, he's a, he, we have so, such a great conversation. As a matter of fact, we'll probably bubble back uh, part two here very soon, probably as early as next week. And also next week, I booked uh, the incomparable. There ain't nobody like him. Whether you love him, and some of you do, or you hate him, and some of you do, my friend Jim Cornette will be joining us here next week. And that'll be a no-host-barred affair. So uh, a lot of good stuff coming next week. Remember, uh, the following week, Christmas week, we're going to have uh, our show from uh, Hilarities with Jerry Lawler and I. It was taped on Saturday. Very unique uh, podcast, to say the least. So a lot of good things to look forward to. And we appreciate you guys for doing that. Remember, I uh, hope you have a great holiday season. Uh, we, we, we are, you know, we, like everybody else, we're hawking our gifts and our items. www.shop.com. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross. Great shirts. Up to f- size 5X for those of you that might be a little chubby, like me. I don't wear a 5X, though. I have to admit that. Uh, and, of course, uh, WWShop.com uh, has a, a, a JR's page that they're continuing to restock because we're selling a lot of stuff there, of which I'm grateful and I appreciate. The thing about the sauce thing, not going to Ingles. You go to Ingles and buy some sauce and ketchup, mustard. And it's a good stocking stuffer. Why not for a wrestling fan? Because everybody can enjoy it. They can eat it. And uh, so we appreciate that very much. And we love Ingles because they do so much great things with the Headlock and Hunger group that my friend Bill Murdoch uh, created and manages there in Asheville. Headlockandhunger.org. It's not a better organization, folks. Remember, when you're hungry, nothing else matters. And you find out that 25% of the children in America don't eat regularly when they're not in school. And that's a damn shame. You can only imagine what it's like worldwide. Feeding children should be one of our goals in life. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? So until next week when uh, Bubba Dudley comes back for part two, Bully Ray, JR, I get it. And uh, Jim Cornette will be joining us as well. Corny's got a couple of podcasts. One drops on Monday, one drops on Thursday. Has a big audience, and we're proud to have him on our show. He's been my friend for over 30 years, and we'll – we're going to talk a little Mid-South next week. That'll be kind of fun. So uh, have, a, have a good week. Do nice things for people. You'll feel so much better about yourself if you do. And remember that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So, from the rolling hills of Oklahoma, high atop Cat Radio in downtown Oklahoma City, I'm getting ready to get in that old black Escalade and head south. So until next week, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast.
Podcast Network's ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Your host, Edge and Christian, talk wrestling. And he opened his curtains, and I reached in my pocket, and I pulled out the figure, and I held it up to the window. And he chased me up the street. I was running up the street. I'm like, hold on a second. I stole my own figure back. Why am I running away from him? <laughs> what was he going to do? Take the thing that he stole from me back? ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Download it free and easy wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.